Hello, I'm Hilary, Pastor Derek's assistant at Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to share with you about the terrible twins. You see, these terrible twins robbed me of a lot of peace and a lot of joy in my life. And it wasn't until I received the revelation of who they are and what they were doing in my life that I was able to stand against them. However, before I reveal who the terrible twins are, I want to lay a scriptural foundation for deliverance from the terrible twins. First of all, let me ask you a question. Did you know that God wants you to enjoy your life? Yes, you heard me correctly. Enjoy. God wants you to enjoy your life. When I first heard that statement, I thought, oh, heresy. Of course God doesn't want me to enjoy my life. He wants me to be sad and miserable and suffer over my sins. It would be so selfish to enjoy my life. And, of course, when we sin, the Bible tells us that if we sin, that we are to confess our sins and God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But even after I had come to the, to the Lord um, and believed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would then go away and it was almost like I had to add something to the work of Jesus. And I suffered and I mourned over my sins, thinking that somehow the more miserable I became, the less likely I was to do it next time. But what I found was that I didn't become a better Christian and the more I identified with these sins, I actually did them more. But then one day, illumination came from the Holy Spirit. And I was mourning and grieving over my sins, although I had asked God to forgive me. And I felt the Lord say to me, um, do you not believe that the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to cleanse you from your sins? And I, went, oh. and I felt the Lord say, you are insulting me. The blood of my son is powerful to cleanse you from every sin. Believe it. And so I realized I couldn't have been more mistaken. My wonderful Heavenly Father, your wonderful Heavenly Father, wants us, he wants his children to enjoy the life that Jesus has paid the price for. How many parents would actually want their children to be unhappy and miserable and depressed? That would be cruel. And God is a loving, wonderful Heavenly Father. And so let's meditate on what Jesus said about enjoying our life. And John 10.10 10, and also verse 11, Jesus says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, that Zoe life, the life of God, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And I really like what the Amplified says about life and life more abundantly. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Let's turn to John chapter 15 verse 11. Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you so that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Again, I go to the Amplified Version. I have told you these things, that my joy and delight may be in you, 
and that your joy and your gladness may be full measure, complete and overflowing. John chapter 16, verse 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I love the Amplified that says, Up to this time you have not asked a single thing in my name. But now, ask and keep on asking and you will receive, so that your joy, gladness and delight may be full and complete. You see, we can see from these scriptures that Jesus really means it. He really wants us to enjoy, to have joy and gladness in the life that he's paid for. I love this one too. Proverbs 17 verse 22 tells us, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And there was a millionaire, billionaire probably, and he really believed this verse. And he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and been given about two or three months to live. So he went home, uh, he put his house in order, and he gave away vast sums of um, his, his money because he thought, I'm not going to, to use it. And he loved the Laurel and Hardy videos because they used to make him laugh. And he got all the ones that he could possibly find. And he spent days and days and days looking at them and laughing and laughing and laughing. Do you know that within three months he was totally healed from the top to toe? You see, the scripture is true. Let's look at the Amplified. A happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. But a broken, discouraged spirit dries up the bones. You know, these terrible twins, it causes us to be very discouraged and our bones dry up. These twin thieves come to rob us of the full and wonderful life that Jesus Christ paid the most tremendous and awful price for us. And their names are Regret and Dread. There's a gentleman called Robert Hastings and he once said, it isn't the burdens of today that drive men mad. It is the regrets over yesterday and the fear of tomorrow. Regret and fear are the twin thieves who rob us of today. You see, the only time that we live is in the present, the present moment, the now. The, mo the Apostle Paul, uh, most probably writing from um, his jail in Philippi, uh, this was the first imprisonment um, that the Romans put upon him. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through to 14, Paul is saying, Not that I have already attained or already perfected, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me and made me his own. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Now the Amplified says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made perfection my own yet. But one thing I do do 
It's my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. The terrible twins of regret and dread, the regret of the past and the dread of the future, they are both thieves of our joy. Today I want to examine these twin thieves that seem to work in tandem. You see, we can learn what causes them and how to avoid them, how to resist them, and how to enjoy the abundant life that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. The key to enjoying one's life is knowing it's God's will, that we should enjoy our life, and how much it costs God to give it to us. Can you imagine giving someone a very, very expensive present, and they say, oh, I can't use it. No, no, I can't possibly use it. And it's like that. God has given this wonderful life to us. Regret. You know what regret does? That thief of regret, it traps us in the past through all those feelings of regret. You see, the past is called the past because it's past. It's gone. There is absolutely nothing in the material area that we can do to change it. And the only one thing that we can do, according to scripture, is actually to forget it, put it behind us. The Apostle Paul, he, he really persecuted the early believers, and I'm sure that he was the cause of death of many of them. If he had not put the past behind him, he would never ever have been the effective and powerful witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. The power in the blood of Jesus he believed in that. He lived it. Let us do the same. The power of the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins when we come to God and ask him to forgive us. Of course we sin. Of course we make mistakes. We all do. And the only course of action is to come and take 1 John 1 9 where the Bible tells us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, not just that, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I liken it to, I love tea, unfortunately. You know how it stains. And I have a mug where I have a really hot, strong cup of tea. And when I've drunk it, it's all stained. Often the only thing I can do is to use bleach. And I put bleach in and boiling water, fill it up, and it's as if by magic, all the stains have gone. Now, if I looked at that cup after the stains were gone, I said, oh, this is such a dirty cup. I would be a liar. It's only the memory of the dirt. And the blood of Jesus, of course, is so much more mega powerful than bleach. And it cleanses us. When we come to God, he cleanses us from that sin. And we are now the righteousness again of God in Christ Jesus. And so he has provided a way for us to be cleansed and forgiven of our sins. Have faith in the blood of Jesus and press on to the high calling that God has on your life. But in that pressing on, recognize that 
we haven't reached it. Joyce Meyer put it so well. She said, I'm not where I used to be, and I'm not where I'm going, but I'm on my way. And that you wouldn't judge and condemn an apple when it's half matured. And so we need to have a balanced view of this. You see, I'm a perfectionist, and when I'm in my job, I get very um, upset with other people who uh, cut corners. And that's the sin that so easily entangles me. And one day I was so regretting that yet again, uh, inside I had, as it were, exploded like fancy cutting corners. I mean, do the job properly. And there's a way of dealing with this, which is bringing it to the Lord, forgiving them immediately, otherwise it's going to ruin the rest of your day. And when I was spending time with the Lord, and I, I was saying, Lord, change me, change me. And the Lord broke through and said, when you spend time with me, loving me, worshipping me, reading my word, then my power flows into you and enables you to lead the life that I want you to lead. He said, when you are spending time with me, and obviously, you know, I'm not aware of it, but the Lord said, I am changing you from glory to glory. And he said, it is not by might, not by power. So it's not by my strength of character. It's not by my power or my willpower. But God said, it's by my Holy Spirit. And it's in that time of communion that the Lord is able to infill us with the power of his Holy Spirit. We call it spiritual intercourse, where there's a flowing of his strength and his power into you. You see, the devil's work is to send someone and something that's going to upset you, fret you, blow you out of the water. That's what he loves to do every day. Now the Holy Spirit will warn you ahead of time so that you can avoid that sin. But the devil lures us into temptation and then when we've fallen into temptation, uh, then comes his onslaught um, and he, he puts on condemnation and regret. And for instance, um, if this might help you to understand a little bit more of how it can affect us in everyday life, our day off is very precious. And it seemed that it was always something that came to spoil it, that would only actually be for 5, 10, 15 minutes. And I would go on and on and on, upset about it. And Derek said to me, you don't have to let it ruin the whole day. I said, no, it's, it's no good. The whole day is absolutely ruined. You know, let's just forget the day off. But Derek was able to teach me, don't let it happen. Our day off is precious, and don't let it be stolen from you. Don't let the devil steal the joy of the Lord from you. And so I needed to have more faith in the blood of Jesus that had cleansed that situation. You see, I thought that by getting upset over my previous sin would actually help. But it, one wrong, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. We need to recognize none of us is perfect. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. And as I said before, in the physical realm, there's absolutely nothing we can do to make it, as it were, not to have ever happened. 
we don't have time travel. We can't travel back and change things. But we can repent before God, ask his forgiveness, ask the forgiveness of the person that we've hurt, and if possible, make restitution to them. But the bottom line, we still have to let go of the past, whether it's 40, 50, 20 years, 10 years, or even two minutes ago. Until we let go of the past, God cannot take it and work it for our good. You know, either God has it or we have it. And it's so much better if we give it to him. Remember, remember, remember. Regret always steals the now. And we only live in the present moment. For instance, you've decided that you want to get up early and spend time with the Lord, but you oversleep. Now, the temptation is to be miserable all day because you failed first thing in the morning. Repent. Ask God to help you. In restaurants, you know, you, you've, you've had a bad meal and, and you can think, oh, we paid all that money. It's one meal. We've learned we don't ever go back there again. And staying up too late. Well, ask God to help you be more disciplined next time. And a quick unkind word, repent, ask to be forgiven. You know, nothing like humbling yourself to help you to take control of your mouth. So let's consider regret's deadly twin, because he has a twin. And dread is a thief, just like regret, and it projects us forward to the future. You see, regret pulls us back into the past. Dread yanks us forward in time to the future. And dreading things can become a habit through past experience. You know, supposing you've been bullied in the office, you come to expect that and to dread it. When God told Moses to go into the promised land with the children of Israel, they had to face their enemies. This is what God said to them. Deuteronomy 1.29, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God goes before you. He will fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. If you have a bad situation, trust that God will go ahead of you and he will fight for you, and he will give you the grace and also the favor to go into that situation. So spend your spiritual energy trusting God rather than worrying and being afraid. The Lord goes before you. Hebrews 2 verse 10, it tells us in the Amplified that Jesus is our pioneer. Pioneer, he goes ahead. Also, one of the names for God is Jehovah Jireh, which means that he says, I am the God that has gone ahead and already made provision. It is God who goes ahead of us and paves the way and makes the way easy for us. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. You know, shepherds these days, they have dogs. Please, I'm not criticizing that. But in Jesus' day, the shepherd walked in front of his sheep, calling them, and they knew it was safe to follow. He didn't drive them forward. He walked in front of them. See Jesus, your shepherd, walking into that situation, going ahead of you, and that you are safe in his arms. For instance, you're going to have to be with people who make you feel inferior, inadequate, rejected. That happened to me a lot when I was at school. 
And instead of using your energy in dread, which I did, I dreaded go to school. I used to feel sick. I used to pretend to be ill, anything not to go to school. And the bullying then is nothing like it is now. And I just wish that I had known the Lord then. And be in faith. Read the scriptures that God goes ahead, that the battle belongs to the Lord. It's not yours, it's his. Trust your pioneer Jesus to go ahead of you and to make the way easy for you. Trust in his favor. You know, at Bible school there was a couple, wherever they went they had favor. Now I'd always believed to not have favor, actually. And I asked her and I said, Jude, what is it? You get favor wherever you go. What is it? And she said, we used not to. And then we took the scripture that God goes ahead of us and he gives us favor. And she said, we believe in the favor of the Lord, not ourselves, his favor on us. And do you know, it dramatically changed my life to believe in the favor of the Lord. And also, dread and procrastination work together. Oh, don't I know this? I hate doing my tax return. I hate checking my bank balance because I loathe working with numbers. And so I put it off and put it off and put it off. And you know, when you first put it off, you, oh, you kind of got that release. I'm not going to do it now. But do you know it catches up on you and it's like a great big weight on you. Did you know it takes less energy to do the job than it does to keep putting it off? And so you see the, the weight of a procrastinated job is worse than the actual job. Why? Because when you start doing it, God's grace is there. His ability is there to enable you. But God isn't to go into grace and enable you to procrastinate. He wants you to do the job. And King David spoke to his son Solomon, who's going to be king after him, and said that he told him to be strong and of good courage, dread not and fear not, neither be dismayed. And he'd said earlier, you will prosper if you are careful to keep the statutes which the Lord gave to Moses and be strong and of good courage, dread not, fear not and be dismayed. You know, that really does tell us that dread and fear will stop you and me from fulfilling the call of God upon our lives. You see, because dread is pulling us in one direction and fear of the future in another. And they're pulling us like this and we can't move forward. God has a plan for your life. Every one of you, there's a call of God on your life to be a mother, to be a wife, to be a lawyer, to be a doctor, to be a solicitor, to be a cleaner. You know, I know a cleaner who loves to clean. She's worth her weight in gold. Because what she does is to get rid of the germs and the dust and the rubbish. And she is very, very important to us. And so let me go through some of the things we dread, that we can just have our faith there, that Jesus, our pioneer, is going ahead of us, God is enabling us to face these situations, giving us power and wisdom in those situations. Getting up in the morning, you know, if you've been bereaved, the thought of getting up in the morning is awful. And you think, I could just keep on breathing, just have to face another day. But you're not on your own. Jesus, ask him to strengthen you. Ask him to give you joy in that situation. Driving to work, fighting the traffic, 
washing and ironing, turning out cupboards, even having some family member come stay with you can be quite scary. And so we need to take the scriptures and believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. I want us today to make a decision. Today is the day of salvation. And we're going to decide not to allow those twin thieves of regret and dread to spoil our lives anymore. We're going to press on towards the high call that God has put on our lives. We're going to decide not to allow them to work in our lives and pull us back into the past or forward into the future. We're going to live in the now, in a daytight compartment. That's why God gave us days. He separated them. And so I want to pray for you right now. But I would urge you, according to the scripture, today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. But let faith be mixed with the word, and God will work signs and wonders and miracles in your life. You will enjoy your life. We're going to commit ourselves into the hand of Almighty God who has taken care of our past through the blood of Jesus. And Jesus, our pioneer, is going ahead of us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I commit all your children into your hand. Lord, I thank you for helping them to trust you that the past is under the blood, that the future is in your hands, and that they can walk free and enjoy the life that you have given them. In Jesus' name, amen.